Let's pray to our God. Oh, Father, you are so good. We love you and we're grateful for the work that you are doing and that you have done. God, we ask for you to to open our hearts this morning, open our eyes. We hear the words of life that you have taught us, that the words of life you have proclaimed. And God, we crave more. So Lord, fill our, our, our hearts and our minds and our thoughts with your words. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. This week was a very special week uh, for me as a father. Uh, it was such a beautiful thing to see every phase of, of our family serving God in the ways that we could and the ways in which he's gifted us and, and allowed us to be a part of this church body, the greater body serving. Uh, it, was, it was so neat to see and hear of the things that Titus was learning and he was leading in his class and some of the decisions that he made to do the right thing when, uh, when others were not doing the right thing. Uh, I, I was very proud of him. I was very proud of my twins. They were upstairs helping Tyler and, and uh, doing the, the sound and the computer and getting everything uh, working from a, a technology standpoint. You guys did a fantastic job. Uh, and we thank you. Yep. Um, I, I was grateful for Hannah, who's, uh, who chased around Avery all week, I think, uh, but loved every minute of it and uh, was serving alongside uh, with, with others in the classroom and, and loving serving God in that capacity. Uh, Eli was up here uh, getting his face pied in and, uh, and acting. And I think you heard somebody say the actors were really funny. And I think they were talking about Eli, uh, and they had such a great competition this week uh, of, of serving in that capacity. And of course, Eli, you did many other things too. And then Abby leading music. It was a father's joy. Uh, it, it, I truly had joy this week watching it happen. And so as a family, last night, we, uh, we gathered together in our regular gathering time. And, and I thanked my family, and I said, thank you, family, for for serving and pouring your hearts out into people. Uh, I, am, I am eternally grateful to our God, eternally grateful to our God for, as a father, that, that we have tried in our lives to model what ministry looks like. And sometimes that's hardest to do in your own home. And so this morning, I'm, uh, I'm overwhelmed on Father's Day and grateful for what I got to see last week. With that said, uh, if you have your Bibles, I would like for you to open up to the book of Proverbs. Oftentimes, we think of the book of Proverbs as short, pithy stay- sayings that, that you say them and then you go, hmm, that's good. I like that one. And there are hundreds of Proverbs in the book of Proverbs that do just that. But many forget that the first nine chapters of Proverbs are a setup from a father to a son. And they are wisdom that's not necessarily pithy 
one-liners or two-liners, but it is a, a statement from a father to a son over and over again of this is the direction that, that I'm offering to you. I've lived my life. I've learned. I've messed up. I know the pitfalls out there, and I don't want you to go down those paths. As a father today, one of my, the most important things in my life is speaking to my son and saying, I don't want you to go down the paths that are going to lead you to harm. Because I care about you. Because I love you. And I hope and I, and I yearn for you to listen to the mistakes that I've made. And don't make them yourself. Rick and Kitty, uh, I was, uh, had an opportunity to go into their class and share a life story of when uh, I got picked up by the police when I was in uh, fifth grade uh, because I was with a group of people who were vandalizing a house. And I got to share some things about that story with them, and uh, I hope they'll remember it's experiences sometimes that we pass along and stories that help us to communicate reality. So this morning, as we read through the Proverbs, I want us to, to walk through and, and look for the phrase, my son, my son. On Father's Day 2023, we look at the phrase in the Proverbs, my son, because he's going to repeat it over and over and here's what I, I, as I read through the first nine chapters of Proverbs, uh, I think through if I were a father trying to communicate stories and life to my children, my sons, my daughters, these are things that I would want to communicate. So I'm going to give those to you this morning as a father in some ways to a church family. Now, and I know many of you are uh, wiser in some of these areas than I am, but as a pastor to a church, I give you this fatherly advice and say, church family, let's learn from the Proverbs together. Let's begin in chapter one, beginning in verse eight. And we're going to read chunks this morning. Hear, my son, your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching. For they are a graceful garland for your head and a pendant for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they, if they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, like the grave, let us swallow them alive and whole. Like those who go down to the pit, we shall find all precious goods we shall fill our houses with with plunder this is an ambush attack to steal things and take things verse 14 throw in your lot among us we will all have one purse my son do not walk in the way with them hold back your foot from their paths for their feet run to evil they make haste to shed their own, to shed blood. For in vain a net is spread in their sight for any bird. But these men lie in wait 
for their own blood. They set ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. Now, I hope and pray that many of us, if we had someone around us say, hey, let's set an ambush, kill people and take their stuff. All of us would have the wherewithal to say, "Uh, no, Uh, that's obviously not the right thing to do. As we think outside of the church and we look at our greater culture, uh, sometimes these things are happening just around us. And we can see them. They may not be sitting behind uh, in a bush hiding, but we see people that are willfully and purposefully trying to take advantage of other people for their own gain and to gain a purse in a way that is inappropriate. We see those things happening. But the author here, presumably of Solomon, when he comes and he says, There are temptations out there that you are going to want to do wrong things. Do not forsake, my son, what I have taught you. Don't walk away from what you have been taught by your mother. What I see in the scripture is there is a family dynamic in which the authorities in the family are laying down the truth and laying down what is right in God's eyes. And so, fathers, I adjure you today. I beg of you, may you not be a father that sits back and lets your wife run the house. And that's nothing against our women who do a fantastic job in our home. Men, I am calling you to be part of the house, to stand up and to know the truth And to know the teaching and to be able to lay that down and make it a priority to teach your sons and to teach your daughters what is right in God's sight. Notice here that it is the mother and the father who are teaching. And sometimes in a single family home, single parent home, that can't or doesn't happen. But ideally, you have a mother and a father teaching what is right and good to our sons and daughters. So let me speak to us all for just a moment, because sometimes as a man in the house, the temptation is to step back and to be lazy and to not be actively engaged in the education and the direction of our family. Sometimes as a child in the house, The temptation is when it's time to clean up the kitchen or help with the laundry or clean up the den where somehow a tornado came in there and everything is everywhere. Sometimes the temptation, kids and young adults, is to step back and not be a part of that because somebody else is going to do it anyway. There are temptations that we face every day in our homes to be on the outside and to not be actively engaged. But this is not what we see here in the book of Proverbs. Temptation comes upon us every day. We learned last week that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he will devour. And unless we gird ourselves up in the armor of God, uh, we will have trouble. 
Paul gives this uh, advice and this command, rather, to, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, 22. So here's an easy way to remember it, guys. 2 Timothy 2, 22. Lots of twos. When you're tempted, you know how uh, when you're hit in a car wreck, the TV tells you to call 888-8888, right? Or, or, or what's the other number they need to call, John? All right, not that one. When you are tempted, two, 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 two. Okay? So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace among, along with all who call on the name of the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies, but you know that they breed quarrels. When there is a temptation, what Solomon said, what Paul says in the New Testament is you've got to turn away, flee those things, but don't flee aimlessly. Look at what 2 Timothy 2.22 says. It says flee the youthful passions, but it also tells us to pursue something. Help me out, church. What are we to pursue? Righteousness. Faith, love, peace. We seek the things that are right. I talked to several people who have dealt with addictions in the past. And here's what they've told me. They said their way out of addiction was that you take the things that you were pursuing, the inappropriate things, the unhealthy things, and you replace that desire to pursue right and good things. This is 2 Timothy 2.22. This is wisdom from a pastor to a church. May we pursue godliness or we will fall into ungodliness. Can I say that again? May we pursue godliness or we will fall into ungodliness. Notice that at the beginning of, of, of Proverbs, he says it will be a, a, a garland for your head and a pendant for your neck. Church, young people, do you, do you know and value this truth that when we pursue God in his way, the garland was what was given out in victory for those who won the race. You received a garland for your head or a crown for your head. When we pursue godliness, there is great reward. Allison just told me, she said, you know, I, I want our church to know that VBS is a ministry. It is something that we as a church give. And church, it, it, uh, many of us think about mission trips and going around the world. Those are great and we should do them. We, we invested many years as a church into Haiti. We're unable to go now due to safety reasons, but, but we're still giving and we're still helping. But, but Allison reminded me, look, VBS is a mission trip right here in our backyard. And we get to reach out to families that we'll get to see again and again and again. This is mission home right here. We're doing it. And there is a crown of victory that God, a crown of victory that the Lord gives to those who serve and sacrifice for his kingdom. Jesus promised it. He said, there are none of you who have given up 
father, mother, goods, homes, or anything that will not receive tenfold in the kingdom that is to come. That is Jesus, our Lord, telling us, may we give unto it. Let me continue in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20. He says this, wisdom cries aloud in the street and in the marketplace. She rises her, sorry, she raises her voice at the head of the noisy street. She cries aloud at the entrance of the city gates. She speaks. Wisdom is speaking. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffer and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, help me out, church. What will happen? I will pour out my spirit to you. The spirit of wisdom will be poured out to you. I will make my words what? Known to you. Yeah, I began this message saying, look, as I pour out teenagers, you know, I love you guys. My pouring out to y'all. Is hear the words of wisdom. Young adults, hear the words of wisdom. There is wisdom in God's word for us. May we hear that. And this is the Father's advice. Is hear the words of wisdom. We've talked about wisdom in our church before. It's that Hebrew word. Anybody remember the Hebrew word for wisdom? What is it? Chokmah. Somebody said it. Congratulations. Chokmah. And it's more than just what we think about of the wise sayings. Chokmah in Hebrew is is the skill by which we're able to use the world around us. The skill by which we're able to use and navigate and appropriate the world around us. That's what chokmah is. So... Last night, we had our young adult Bible study, and Haley was there. And you encouraged me greatly being there, Haley. She said, I just love being involved and hearing the truth. And as we are involved in what church is, we hear the words of God. And it, if we don't just hear it, but then we take it and we apply it. And we say, look, this, this helps when I get home. Because as a dad, I need to know. I don't need to be sitting by the side and not instructing my family. I need to be with my wife and doing this together. And whether your children are, are young or they're grown or your, your grandchildren in the family, it matters. Or whether you're at church, Miss Shirley's in her class, pouring into the kids, giving instruction and wisdom. These are beautiful things. And we take them and we use them. So wisdom is calling. Christian, do you hear? Christian, do you hear wisdom calling? Wisdom says you're, you're a simple one. If you, if you won't come, respond to the word. This week we talked about the gospel. We told our kids a hundred times. That Jesus saves. Help me out church. Jesus saves sinners that repent. And we shared the gospel with them. If you will repent of your sin. And come into Jesus Christ. Who died on the cross. To pay your sin debt. 
He will save your soul. Because Jesus died to save sinners that repent. And Jesus was raised to walk in newness of life to give us newness of life. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord Jesus. Let me tell you, Jesus died to save sinners that repent. Will you be saved this morning? Will you listen to the call of wisdom this morning? Let's go through a couple of more of these calls of wisdom in the Proverbs. We're not going to get through them all, but I want to give you a few of them before you head out. Uh, We're going to skip the next one, Craig, which is fathers set standards for values. In chapter two, we see it again, uh, but he's like we talked about in chapter one. We're going to go down to number three, and this is Proverbs chapter three, which Eli read for us this morning. Fathers give direction. Fathers, give direction. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not hesed, steadfast, unending love, let not hesed and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. Let them be repeated. Let them be saturated on your soul. When we leave these church buildings, we don't leave the word of God. We take up the word of God and we, we meditate on it. We, we think of it every day. Families every day get together as a family and meditate on the word of God. If you live alone, it's okay. Meditate on the word of God every day. Let it be on the tablet of your heart. Verse four, so you find favor and good success in the sight of God and men. God's word is there to lead us. Trust in the Lord with all of your what? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, all of your passion, all of your desire. And do not lean on your what? On your own understanding. There are circumstances that we have to go through every day, every week. And many times the Bible does not speak one way or another. Should I buy this new bicycle? Or should I not? Well, we have to make those decisions. But undergirding that is a principle that every one of my resources is the Lord's. And I need to use it in a godly way. Will this bicycle help me honor God or use his resources in a good way? If so, I'm buying it. If it doesn't, then I won't. Trust in the Lord. Don't lean merely on your own understanding. Don't trust in the things that you think are right. When they contradict God's word, we can't trust those things. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Look, y'all, when the Lord does a work in VBS in this church, what do we do? We acknowledge God. And we say it is the Lord that did this. And we believe that and we know it. We are acknowledging him. We are giving him glory and honor, and he is straightening our paths as we do this. Verse 7, be not wise in your own eyes, but what? All right, y'all hear that. Let the words sink in. Be not wise in your own eyes, but what? Fear the Lord. Now, this this is the fundamental, one of the fundamental truths of the Christian life. If you are a spirit-filled Christian, meaning a Christian, who the Spirit of God is working in you, 
and who is giving, who is authority in your life. If you are a Christian, then the fundamental is this. Be not wise in your own eyes. Don't do what you think is best. Ultimately, we fear God and his commandments and we do what God thinks is best. And there are times, y'all, we have to make our own decisions on certain things. But they should always be undergirded with the fear of God, knowing that the decision I make, I am accountable to God for. So if I choose to move to go off to college at ULL, if I choose to do that, I am accountable before God for making that decision. Or if I choose to make this investment in my retirement fund, I'm accountable for God for doing that. And I'm going to answer to him one day for those decisions. That's how we live our lives. Not being wise in our own eyes, but living under the fear of the Lord. And so my children, all of you, my church, may we know that we answer to God. And there's no conviction that is deeper than that in your lives or mine. You don't answer to the pastor. You don't answer to your father. Ultimately, you answer to the heavenly father. And your convictions need to be such that the Lord will be pleased by the decisions that you make. Young people, older people, you answer to God. Be ready. Verse 8 tells us when we know this, it will be healing to our flesh. It will be refreshing to our bones. There's so much richness in here. I'm just going to take a couple more minutes and give you a few more things. Number four, fathers, it is our job that we give correction. It is our job that we give correction. My son, chapter 3, verse 11. Do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves, help me church. For the, oh I'm sorry, I've lost Craig, I'm sorry Craig. Chapter 3, verse 11. For the Lord reproves. I'll, read it. I'll start over. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves whom he what? Whom he loves. A loving father disciplines those around him. A loving mother reproves, corrects her children. A loving grandmother, grandfather, sees danger ahead and warns those before them, you need to be careful. I had a conversation with Eli this week. I warned you of something. Friday night, when I picked you up, I gave you a warning. You know why? Because I love you. Because I love you. No other reason. But I love you. And I want the best for you. Fathers give loving warnings to their children. Help me out, church. What is the definition of love? It's two things. It's what? Wanting the best for someone and doing something about it. 
Love is wanting the best for someone and doing something about it. If a father, if an authority does not give warning to those around them, like the Bible says, they hate their sons. Y'all have heard the the, the proverb, right? Whoever spares the rod, what's to say? What's the rest of it? (laughs) I thought some of you might say it. Benjamin Franklin said, whoever spares the rod spoils the son. The proverb says it this way. Whoever spares the rod hates his son. If you are not willing to bring correction to those around you whom you love, you are as good as hating those around you. Let me speak to some of you for just a moment. Some of you have a gift of discernment that is uh, amazing. You see things that others don't see. God has gifted you. It's a spiritual gift. It's a gift of discernment. Some of you are mean. You're supposed to laugh at that. Come on, y'all. Some of you are just mean. And some of you use the gift of discernment in cooperation with your meanness and don't have many friends, all right? That's the way it works. Let me see if I can help you, okay? It is our job to give correction in a loving way to those around us. And some of you with that great gift of discernment have just stopped saying things because you've made people mad. And I want to ask you to to not do that because being silent is as if we hate those around us. I think there's a better way. And I think that better way is you learn how to communicate your discernment in a more loving way. So if you have learned to just shut your mouth and say nothing, I want to encourage you to come out of that. Some of you don't have the gift of discernment but love to talk to people anyway. I'm not talking to you, but some of you do, and you know you're right, and you see things very clearly, and you know that God is giving you that gift. Please speak up, but do it in a godly way, in a respectful way. What the Bible says that we do it with respect, and we do it in love, with dignity toward those who we speak with, and the way in which we do that, and the timing in which we do that. Is important, And maybe you need to, to learn some of those things. But, but we've got to be a people who love and correct and help each other. Because love is wanting the best for somebody and doing something about it. Let me give you one more, the final one of the day. We're going to finish up here. I, I didn't get through them all. Go read through the first nine chapters of Proverbs. You'll see my son multiple times. Fathers give confidence in fear. Okay, fathers give confidence in fear. Fathers, future fathers, grandfathers, please hear me. People look to you for strength. People look to you for strength. When we fade back and do nothing, we are abdicating. Our purpose to provide strength and confidence to those around us. People asked me about VBS this year. And I said, you know, so many good things happen. But one thing that really st- 
stuck out to me was that we had men willing to teach our classes. Our women have been faithful and faithful and faithful for year and year and year and year. And there were years in VBS when we had zero men in our VBS classes teaching. Men, you stepped it up this year. We had men leading in our classes who said, I'm going to lead. I'm going to take a step and lead this year. And we had men taking off work to be here and lead in our classes. I was so proud of the men serving in the kitchen, leading in the classes, doing our drama, helping in every build our stage, in every facet. Our men stood up and were strong this year. Men, ladies, do y'all appreciate that? Yes. Men give confidence. Fathers, you give that confidence. Let me read the proverb, chapter 3. My son, do not lose sight of this. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. They will, be, they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely. And your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do you see? You ever been worried or concerned about those things and had trouble sleeping? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Because you're concerned, you're walking in a fear. If you lie down, you won't be afraid. When we have the wisdom of God and men, when we're able to communicate that and give the truth, not in manhood, but in godliness. And men, it's, it's not just that you were a man in the class, it's that you were teaching the truths of God in these classrooms. And you were giving confidence because the word of God that saves was given to them. Verse 25, do not be afraid of sudden terror or the ruin of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your what? For the Lord will be your confidence. Verse 26, and will keep your foot from being caught. This is the great message that we give. The Lord will be our what? confidence so fathers here's what i'm giving to you we need to give confidence to those around us in the lord and our job is to be ministers of the word of god fathers your families need to see the confidence that you have in god church we need to see the confidence that we have together in god in the lord and why do we have confidence in the lord I was reading last night, and, uh, and it was comparing religions to Christianity. And I said, well, if we look at the founder of this religion, we can see what they say and then how they live their lives. And we can see, you know, it didn't really match up. We can look at this other religion and say, look, this was the founder, and their lifestyle was morally abhorrent. But then we look at the founder of Christianity. And church, y'all tell me his name. Who's the founder of Christianity? Y'all don't know the founder of Christianity? What's the founder of Christianity? Jesus. Did I throw y'all for a loop on that one? (laughs) Who's the founder of Christianity? 
the Lord Jesus Christ. You look at his life and he lived all that he said to the fullest. We have confidence in Christianity because we see what Christ did. Right? When you look at his life, we've got a testimony of it. It's right there. Eyewitness accounts. Men, ladies, do we want the people around us to have confidence in God? Then live it out and have confidence in God. Have faith in God. He's on his throne. Have faith in God. He watches over his own. He shall not fail. He must what? Prevail. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. And that is what I leave you with this morning. Let's have faith in the God who died on the cross for our sin, was buried, who lived it out, who died it out, and who lived again to show us you can have confidence in Christianity. It is Jesus that saves sinners that repent. And he saves them not only now, but for all eternity. Jesus Christ has the words of life. Will you come to him today? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this celebration today on Father's Day. The celebration of ministry in this church. The celebration of our men in this church. And the celebration of the words of life that you have given to us. Father, we love you. Draw us. Correct us. And direct us into service of the kingdom of truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.